Hi. New environs. We love to talk about the fact that we're in different places. Well, I mean, we we we. Oh, can you hear that? It's leather, baby. Oh, you, it's I'm, I'm he's sitting in a, in a leather a, chair, a squeaky leather chair, which is it's good stuff. No, man, we're in like a Silicon Valley South. Shit this is isn't, this pretty, isn't exactly swank, but it's plush. It's pretty plush. Yeah, plush. I, you know, my favorite thing was uh, I didn't realize that we were we were in Mark's offices today. Yeah. yeah. Producer Mark has been so kind to allow us to uh, record in here, and I love it today. Like you sent directions, Mark, and um, the 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 thing Are you that talking you, about the strip club. Yeah, the thing that he said like <laughs> was oh to look out for to know where to turn was the yeah, strip go club. Yeah, go by expose. Yeah, just where expose is, and of course all all of us every were like, every single oh, yeah, we know where that is. Yeah, yeah actually, so. which is where I spent my twenty first birthday. Was it? Yeah, I'm an adventure that I. Probably logistically could not get into expose. Sure, you could. I don't uh, think so. Logistically or like no. Well, uh, I mean, Chad's in a wheelchair, but no, but like, it's not they, an they, ADA. They legally like, have compliant? to have. Uh, I think that building's old enough. It probably doesn't have to. Oh, they got like grandfathered in. I think so. Uh, and so that's like, something that needs people in wheelchairs. Hey Ryan, you want to make a field trip after the show? Maybe. <laughs> Let's go find <laughs> out. All right. This is already a success. By the way, we should we should say uh, uh, we have a guest, uh, our third time offender. Yeah, Chad Swiatecki, uh, music journalist. Uh, and we do have an an empty seat next to Mark. It's a tonight. big lonely seat there uh, where yeah. Kevin's spirit. Uh, you know, now that I wish we would have thought not about dead. it, <laughs> <laughs> he just feels dead to me right now. I, I wish we would have brought like some sort of framed picture of smiling picture of him to just put right there on that big couch. I have a printer. Oh, like a cardboard cutout? That, that would yeah. be awesome. No, yeah. like a, I know, dude. Or like a framed portrait, like Kramer in uh, yeah, like the, yeah. the, the the your hipster doofus Kramer from Seinfeld. Something like that. Right, hipster so doofus is the best way to describe Kramer I've ever heard. The hipster doofus is not a bad name for a cover band. For I think a we're doing well here. Hipster doofus, uh, well, like for uh, like a dad humor band. Yeah. So uh, I I just do want to I mean you thanked me but I want to thank uh, Clearhead my company and my boss. What does Clearhead do? We do uh, digital optimization for companies. So we we basically. Uh, help uh, refine websites to make them more efficient and we use data to do that, that. is so sexy mark yeah, i'm but, so but turned necessary. on right now. well and on that note we it, should get into some theme music and some, uh, get to the matter at hand yeah All right. New York Gulls this week. So this is the second in the Troika. Is that a thing? Uh, I, I think it was in the... In, in, in like the, uh, in the, Moscow. In, in the Russia. Yeah. Uh, but no, we've talked about the Stooges. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're now going to talk about New York Dolls. At some point, oh, I'm going to bring up the, the MC5. MC5? Okay, yes. I, I understand what you're saying now. Yeah, at some point, they will make an appearance. Uh, but this week, we're talking about New York Dolls. Uh eponymous debut record New York Dolls I dig it but it's also half of it is the Rolling Stones on amphetamines and the other half is like oh that could just be on the first fucking uh, 
Clash record. So it's thanks a, for joining us this week. <laughs> for, and, yeah, by the way, uh, the end. end. That's a wrap. I don't see where you're getting the clash. No, I don't get the clash at all. Anywhere. Oh, you guys are killing me. Like it, just, it just, to me personally, uh-huh. I did not like this record. It sounds like a, I get it, it's place and history, <laughs> but honestly, if they didn't dress the way they dressed, it just sounds like a blues-based bar band that can't play very well. So With then, no songs. So at some point, you're going to have to resolve for me then the Morrissey. No, I, <laughs> I mean, tried to resolve it for myself. Okay. For, but, but, but yeah, that, but that's, you know, but that's how I felt about it. You know, I think there, I was listening because when y'all invited me last night, I started, you know, I did a refresh on this record because it had been a while and I, I like it. Um, but there is, it is one of those, one of those things that's very much like of the time it, it, hits with so much more impact than it does now. I, I think back to like when I was in college and my roommate, this is in you know, the kind of the post green day, mid nineties punk movement, you know, that we had gone through that. And then my roommate after having been, you know, exposed to all the kind of the contemporary punk bands heard the Ramones for the, for the first time. And he was like, I don't get what the big deal is, you know, because you didn't get the big deal was about the Ramones. He didn't understand why the Ramones were special because they didn't sound different to him. Because he was so used to hearing stuff that that had been influenced by the Ramones. Right. But, I mean, he knew that they came first, they were legendary, yada, 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 but but it doesn't sound revolutionary when you've heard all that stuff. Well, this was 1973. Right. And so the the, the rules of punk had not been codified, which I I brought up when we talked about... So that's what I mean with the New York Dolls. Like At the the time, it's like, there's nothing fucking like this out, out there. Or there is, but like with that level of just... Over the topness and we don't give a fuck and drugs. Yes, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of drugs. I personally found the story around the band. See, I don't understand where they're getting lumped in when, in this proto punk thing. Mm. The Stooges, yes. MC5, yes. This is just a blues and e burner. I didn't. I didn't no, hear lots anything. Of, lots of it is that even way. Lots of it is that way. Lots of it is. Lots of it is Rolling Stones, like just amped up. Um, and there's piano and sax on and all. Well, over the and, thing and too. I don't know if you know this, Chad, but uh, sax is like the death knell. But, for but that's Shane not why I didn't yeah. like the record. Rock songs. I've heard, I've, I, I ex- touched that before. I ex- and I don't and I don't care for piano in it too. I, I and that's that's it, the part that I don't I don't like as much. It but, just like, sounds like a. Bar band. I mean, I just literally did not in any and like and Chad, what you were saying about your roommate is a lot of times, and I and I definitely did this with this. I went back with this in mind because you, mm-hmm. you I feel like um, like a lot of times I've used this example before, where when I was in high school or college, and and people would you know I don't get what the what the deal is with Jimi Hendrix. Like I know a lot of guys right. that can play a lot faster than him, or I got do, do all this stuff, and and you've, not you you really the point. You, but right, bear with me. You have to put yourself in the context of whoa! I've never heard this before. These fucking guys are like a Rolling Stones warm over. Like the, I've heard everything. Well, they and did. that was the criticism at the time uh, that they're not very good, or that well, that they Stones they sound over. like the Rolling Stones, like a uh, ripoff band. But dude, like uh, at least half this record is not that. It's them. I thought you were going to say not bad because I'll give you that it's not no like, it's, it's not, not bad, bad. And I, no and I don't like it as much as the Stooges record we covered the uh, Stooges were great that was a good fucking record yeah but I can see where well okay so two branches of rock kind of took off from this this was 1973 man 
punk and like glam rock. But the it's more they sound more like glam yeah. metal from the eighties than Man. they do glam rock. They look like glam rock, but if you go in those tired, you know, twelve bar blues. Rips that if you go back and you you know go back to what we did way cool junior like it sounds like that shit dude I like I pretty much like this whole record but a lot of it does sound like sped up warmed over Rolling Stones but it's not even that sped up no go back and listen to it Let, why don't we listen to a song right now and go back well, and- we'll get into personality crisis it opens the record and I do think it is in the Rolling Stones you know. Sort of. I want to. I want you to. Like it's because I've always heard of this band as like uh, like someone who inspired a bunch of other bands, mm-hmm. which they did. Mm-hmm. Look um, at them, of but it does sound like they love the Rolling Stones, and part of that is just because David Johansson sounds like Mick Jagger. He just does. Uh, but let's get into that, and uh, we'll come out of it and talk about it. There is more than a little bit of Mick, Mick Jagger uh, going on there, dude. I mean, every good band has an antecedent before it. I mean, like the, I think the Beatles like were loved Buddy Holly and the Crickets and shit. Mm-hmm. And does it mean that they are? I mean, I agree with what you're saying, and I didn't hear the Mick Jagger before you said it. And Jesus, wow, dude, like no, it's <laughs> it's totally it's Mick Jagger. That was like their their big like uh, critical. Like like downfall at the time, and now you know we we hear of them as being like the progenitors of a bunch of stuff. That song is it's perfectly fine had you not had the context of knowing all the shitty stuff that inspired. I, 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 that's a that's a thing that is that's a pertinent for a lot of people. But you know me, per, and this is why I keep saying about me personally, like. I just hate that old time rock and roll. Like I could give a shit about Chuck Berry. I just don't care about that stuff. Well, no, but this is not that. This it kind of is. We're we're kind of laying blame on them for hair metal, but that didn't no. Well, well, I feel like we should lay some blame. But that didn't happen for another what, ten years. Sure. However, if you go back, the stuff that was dangerous about these guys, the yeah. cross dressing and the things, those were that was definitely co opted by hair metal, as was the twelve bar blues. I, I will tell you this though: well, if you say Chuck Berry, like okay, you go Chuck Berry, then you go to Rolling Stones, then you go to New York Dolls. Like, sure, you can you can definitely hopscotch that easy. I mean, and like no, I think they're definite like uh, points of like you know Chuck Berry inspired. The Stones. The Stones inspired New York Dolls. New York Dolls inspired a bunch of shitty bands. Uh, however, <laughs> they also inspired a bunch of good bands. That's true. They did. I. I I'm just for me. Uh, one. 
I guess like the takeaway or what I'm trying to impart a little bit other than the fact that like uh, this is really a change the channel record for me was I wanted like you said this earlier Mark like you're like at some point you're gonna have to explain the Morrissey Newark Dolls link because I don't get it I don't get it but I really wanted them to, to I really wanted to get it I really wanted to like it more than I did well but but maybe it is that that glam and that that's what it is yeah i think it's a lot of a lot of that is like a kid in his bedroom in in nowhere fuck town that's 12 years old and then this fucking album shows up i mean it it well it didn't sell dick by the way it actually sold 100,000 copies like well i know but at the time by, by, that by was, the standards that was, of the time that was a limp dick. dude if you sold 100,000 copies like today, you'd be number one on the Billboard Top 100 charts. Right, but nobody buys records anymore. Chad? True, but it's still a lot of people getting records into their hands. Chad, I think there's something you have to consider about like the timing of this band because what was going on in New York in the early 70s. You had because again, they this record came out in 73. They started to kind of die off and change members in 75. So I mean, their their prime was short, but they they came up around the time of everything that was going on at Max's Kansas City, um, you know, Andy Warhol, CBGBs. They 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 came up at well, uh, Velvet Underground, Velvet Underground, uh, Blondie, the Talking Heads, you know, uh, and then also uh, some of that stuff was a little bit later. Yeah, Every but, single uh, band you mentioned but, are so much better. But than here's this the thing: band. like it's kind of a rising tide thing, you know, when you have the crit when the critics are out at shows. And everything in New York is going wild. Well, lot, apparently people were like pretty split by this band. They were, well, but it, and, and that, a lot of that depended on certain nights. You'd say they're the, they're the best band in the world, and others they were a complete shit show. But but here's what I'm saying: it's like you know you you think of that New York wave of of the mid to early seventy or the mid to late seventies, and these guys are kind of you know in the second tier of that i i would say in terms of kind of notoriety in terms of of regard in terms of just the tail end of the first tour maybe yeah exactly but but what i'm saying is like i think that's part of it too i I think i'm sorry i I just just think that it's part of the new york you know the new york the death of new york because that was when you know new york was basically oh just like a like slum hole uh, yeah just a big fucking uh (laughs) bowl of shit if, uh, with if you want yum, fucking, just if you graffiti want, everywhere, I kind of uh, love that history. If you want two good looks at New York in this era, get the documentary NY seventy seven and get the book Love Goes to Buildings on Fire by Will Hermes. Those are two like excellent look looks back on punk, hip hop, disco, gay culture, all that. It's, it's mind blowing how how vital that era was. I want to. I think those are. Great idea. I, I want to just comment on on one thing real quick that you said, and I, I think this is it's very pertinent. And the, and and when you're talking about you know, rising tide floats all boats. I, mean, I think that is cannot be and should not be overlooked. Very mm-hmm. important that because of bands like the New York Dolls and how outrageous they were, they the critics were out there seeing these other bands creating that mm-hmm. incredible New York scene that happened. You know, in the you know, all the way, you know, through the, you know, early 80s. I think that's a, that's a very interesting way and a very truth way to look at it, but a very true thing, I think, that happened. So, I mean, if there was an equal band, a band that was equal or on par to the New York Dolls, but they were in, I don't know, Chicago, where there maybe wasn't as much of a scene, 
nothing's going to happen. Like, there might have been a record that was exactly like this, but isn't going to get regarded the same way. No, there was, like, a maelstrom of, yeah. like, crazy shit going on in New York. Mm-hmm. And these guys had three managers uh, all trying to get them a record deal. Mm-hmm. And they finally did with Mercury. And they got Todd Rundgren to do it, which, by the and way... he apparently hated them. No, he wasn't crazy about them. And he... Like, I know exactly one Todd Rundgren song. Uh, <laughs> I want to bang on the drums all day. I think no, 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 no. You also saw, like, uh, The Light in Your Eyes or what? You know that song. I don't think I do. Yes, you do. We'll play it in the fucking break so you listen to it. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, I know that song. This is also a good good evidence that if you just keep trying weird shit occasionally, you know, something's going to work because they did the, the whole, you know, kind of... Uh, uh, cross-gender, you know, cross-dressing thing, but then also... Dude, 1973! But that's man. why but they... Like, but then here's, nobody here's, was doing this but, shit, but and then, these guys were all straight. And that but and that worked, but then you know what else they tried? You know what Malcolm McLaren did? He put him in front of communist graffiti, or uh, com, communist iconography. All in, like, red leather? Yeah, the, it was, like, the, the Red Menace or the Red Terror, uh, and that completely landed like an anvil. Like, it, like, everyone's like, what the hell is this? So it's like... They were just trying stuff also. And it's like sometimes you try stuff and it works. And, that, you know, that's what I think a lot about this band that gets lost in history or whatever. Going back and listening to this, it like that hit me personally as a fucking bolt from the blue was, oh, it's just the way they looked. That's where they got notoriety. Well, that certainly didn't hurt. Right. These uh, are some bar band ass songs, man. <laughs> well, okay, tell you what. Uh, the next song I want to get into is Trash, which to me, um, the first Clash record landed three years later, and this could totally just be a Clash song uh, with Joe's. If you put in, uh, all right, Joe's I think Trummer. I'm thinking of a different song. Then, with, yeah, let's play this. If that's not proto-punk, I don't know what it is. Okay, you're right. That one is. I'd call it Clash adjacent. It's still uh, like a lot of Mick next Jagger to the Clash. There. You know, kind of. I mean, not directly. Dude, like the, the first Clash record came out in 1976. No, I get it. It's it's Clash esque. I'll get. I'll like. It's there. No, New York Dolls esque. On their you first know what? The first oh, Cherry Pop and Daddy's sake. album came out in like 1996. Oh, so we're not. No, what the fuck? Are you, like. <laughs> Just saying, whenever your album comes uh, out, doesn't really matter like uh, the antecedent to that. Well, okay, yeah. there was nothing that sounded like this before, and then well, like three that. years later, the Clash came out, and all kinds of great punk came out. No, I think that. you won that argument, Ryan. I think you were right. All right. Well, now I feel like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> For the first time, it definitely and not the first. We're time. We're done. <laughs> yeah, I want to know personally, also. Um, Morrissey. It always um, comes back to Morrissey. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know this about uh, Shane. I'm Chad. learning. Uh, Shane is like the world's 
biggest no, 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 Morrissey no, 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 fan, no, no. except for Matt, Matt Munoz. Matt Munoz is. Yeah. But I am a big fan. But the reason, I, there's so many weird things about this guy. Like his, his obsessions with the New York Dolls, of which he was the uh, president Morrissey was of the president club. of the New York Dolls fan club. And uh, Manchester. Manchester, yeah. He wrote yeah. a book about James Dean called James Dean is Not Dead. Um, and he was also into these weird high school-based black and white late 50s, early 60s movies, like really melodramatic movies. In fact, which I've come to find out later, like a lot of the – like I would I would go out tonight, but I haven't got a stitch to wear. Totally ripped off from one of these like black and white weird movies. It's a New York Dolls. Where does Morrissey that fit like? in? And New York he, Dolls. Like, well, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, he probably liked the fact that they dressed up in drag, and he just thought that was weird enough to like fit his skewed perspective. Yeah, he's an interesting cat. But I, I think this record is significantly better than you think it is. I just think it's boring. I don't think it's bad. Chad, what's your takeaway? I mean, you know, solid, interesting. I wouldn't call it great. I'd call it pretty damn good. I guess that's... That last song was good. That was a good song. I mean... Yeah, dude. Like, I I don't know, man. Like, I I don't like it as much as Raw Power. Like, when we went back and listened to... Like, and I'm I'm trying to cover my bases with, like, the the, uh, foundations of punk. Mm -hmm. Uh, Raw Power was good. Raw Power was great, was, man. Yeah, like, right. I, I, now, stand out. Now, what's funny is, you know, I was... Even well, and you're in, a missionary guy. Yeah, but no, here's the thing. I, I, I didn't you're a really... missionary? <laughs> what did you fucking say? He's a Michigan guy. He's oh, from Michigan. 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 Sorry, and, my bad. So, but, you know, I, I didn't... I was kind of sheltered, like, musically for... Yeah, but until about my, like, mid-teens. And was un, mostly unaware of the Stooges. And, you know, but had heard, oh, okay, they're punk legends, like, later on. But that was after... Like again, I go back to my roommate. Like I'd been exposed to Green Day and The Offspring and No Effects and all this Southern California, you like know, second l- wave, loud, punk. fast, melodic. Like that to me was punk. And so then when I finally heard uh, Raw Power, the song, I was like, "That's not a punk. What, that's like is, is someone pulling one over on me? That's not a punk song. I, I mean, because like you don't realize what punk was. You know, like punk is you know takes many shapes and forms and I forget where I was going with that, but I mean, I, 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 so I guess, you know, you can kind of lose perspective, like f- with some of these things, if you weren't there at the time. When when Green Day, uh, and when I first became aware of them uh, in the early '90s, I had the same reaction because the punk that I grew up on, you know, skating was California hardcore. I'm like, what? Sure. This isn't punk music this is bubblegum stuff I, I didn't understand at the time like the spectrum of what that was mm-hmm. and it's nice to know to go back and see oh this begat this begat this begat this can i see the word begat or does only the bible say that's that? pretty bi- biblical i know it's pretty biblical I'm, yeah it makes perfect sense to me for you to say begat 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 uh because like those things did happen uh like Punk is one of those things, and I know I've brought it up on this show before, but like it's become the most non-punk thing in that they there are rules. Yeah, it's the most codified. codified fucking like genre of music. It has to do exactly this, this, and this, and like that's not what it was supposed to be. And the New York Dolls, like 
weren't trying to do that. They were just like basically taking the stones and fucking around with them. Uh, I'll give you that, man. I mean, there's nothing that's that's. I'm not saying the album isn't interesting. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just not great in a way that, like, say, for example, when we, okay, you said the big three earlier, like uh, the MC5 of the proto-punk. Stooges, MC5, and, and New, New York, York Dolls. Dolls. And, um, you know, I love the shit out of that Stooges record we listened to. Oh, I love great. everything I've ever heard by the MC5. And this just... To me, it sounds like a bar band for the most part. And no, I mean, like, dude, we've listened to what was the thing that JT brought on? Uh, oh no, no, no! But that's different. Bob Seger. Yeah. Uh, well, no, it was. Uh, I brought on um, Exile and 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 Man, yeah, Exile, on Main this Street. This is way better than Exile and Main Street. This is better than Exile and Main Street, which but is they're apparently both a, a goddamn bar band. You're See, the thing is, now you're fucking high. When you talk about punk, you also have to realize that when that before the musical at you know uh, association with that punk, it had just a very uh, a very distinct gender and sexual connotation to it. And and uh, please kill kill me, which is another great oral history of the New York punk, punk scene. There's when that magazine first came out. I think it was was it Lex McNeil that. Uh, Coined the term, yeah, but punk, but, yeah, but then because of the magazine, they put out a magazine called Punk that was, you know, kind of just a uh, like a counterculture arts music thing. And someone saw the, the magazine. I think it might have been Lou Reed. I could be wrong, but so, saw the magazine. Was like, huh, that's weird. I always thought a punk was someone who took it up the ass. Um, you know, so I mean, like, and the. In the seventies, when this well, it was, was all coming. just like kind of counterculture, so, fuck so you, you think culture, the outrageousness, the over the top, anything to kind of get someone's heart rate going, get their get just get their blood pressure up. It's like when you think of that, then yes, the New York Dolls were kind of a very very much a punk band because you never knew what the fuck you were going to get on stage from them. They were outrageous. They you know took drugs like. Like nobody's business. I mean, it was it was a, as much like overload. Well, Johnny Thunder's overload. like expired when nineteen ninety one. Ninety one. And man, like he was he was a, a big contributing part of this. Like he, I mean, he, it was, he just missed the like the new peak when, of like third right. wave punk. Yeah, when he was gonna like actually make some money on it. <laughs> hey guys, let's let's go, go ahead and go to the intermission. You have it this week? I do have that this week. All right. Well let's uh we'll play come back in a few minutes with we'll it. Sometimes in the breaks. Sometimes we do palate cleansers. Sometimes we do... Well, I usually don't even like to in any way associate what the break is going to be with, with a few, what a few minutes with is going to be with the original album. Or And anyway, but um, today I would like to, and um, this is going to be tangentially connected with the New York Dolls in that it is sung by... Um, David Johansson. Oh, are you going to play Hot, Hot, Hot? Who was 
uh, later had a uh, had a career resurgence as Buster Poindexter. Dude, I fucking knew you were going to do this. I was wondering if we were I, I, like I literally I was like we're about an hour in. Are we going to make it the entire way with no Buster Poindexter reference? Nope. I, I, yeah, I kind of figured it. Too. We're not. So we're going to go ahead and listen to "Hot Hot Hot" by Buster Poindexter. Mark, can you roll that? like ready to like get after this wrong are you not entertained no it's entertaining for sure but how in the fuck is that the same fucking dude somebody needed to pay the rent 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 (laughs) yeah exactly so forgive me for not being uh having a deep knowledge of calypso music but who did that originally do we know is it a cover like, I, don't I don't know. know. I get uh, we should have been looking that up that, while we what were. What I was going to say is, like, uh, who actually is this guy? Who is Joe Hansen? I mean, mm-hmm. if he if he was if he was feigning a little bit of Mick Jagger, and now he's doing somebody else's calypso, like, I mean, that I mean, is that, he just reinventing himself every time? Why not? You know, I mean, uh, I really want to know what the backstory is because this it's it's almost as far as like say his next band had been like fucking with that Kentucky waterfall of Billy Cyrus doing achy breaky heart. I mean, I mean, did, it's that far away. It's he, very far away from uh, New York Dolls. Did he just run into like a, a Harry Balafonte cutout record and be like, guys? This is fucking it. It's the next thing. This is the. I got it. Well, and dude, he fucking leaned into it hard, man. Like that's the thing. He was all about it. He's like, like, yeah, like, oh, Luke, I'm gonna wear a tuxedo. I'm gonna fucking like lead these people around. Dude, he's still making money from that shit, man. You know, he's still on the novelty circuit. And see, I don't, I don't have a problem with it when he, like you said, when he he goes in all the way and just is like leaves himself entirely open. This is what I'm doing now. Yeah, there's no irony with it. I mean, it's. a twin Buster Poindexter. Place. Did we ever come out and say exactly who Buster Poindexter is? It's David Johansson. David Johansson, the singer from the New York Dolls. I would Same challenge dude. anyone to go and look at a side by side picture of the two. And you can kind of well, tell. One of them's going to be. No, like, you can tell, but I'm saying right. like. Glammed up in, in heels. When did this come out? I want to say like 80. I'm pretty sure it was 86. 86, 86. 80, 86 okay. or 88. When did uh, Talking Heads. Uh, naked come out. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking at Chad. Uh, like he's know. actually the music journalist yeah. in the room. So yeah. I'm just wondering if there's because there's a lot of there's a lot of stylistic yeah. similarities there. Well, I mean well, that's because David Burma's going all in with the Latin shit at the time. Yeah. So maybe that influenced him. Yeah. 
But this was different. No, but no. This was music made for 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 people clapping on a cruise ship. I mean, yeah, that is no, like... No, this is like uh, um, wedding reception I was just going to say, the, guys, we're, we're going to have the, the wedding jam of the day. Where they have the limbo? Yeah. I mean, Do you think this was actually popular in Miami at the time? I mean, hard to say. I didn't live there at the time. Right. But, uh, well, when was that? I, I, wouldn't be I mean, look, shitty music's surprised. popular everywhere at all times, so... True. I mean, it was it was him, this or Gloria Stefan. So yeah. you know, I mean, With the who's going to win that? Who's yeah. going to win that fight? The, 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 the yeah. hometown Stefan or Poindexter? The, the hometown girls <laughs> taking exactly, that fight. Yeah. <laughs> what right, a great tour you could have gone to see at the time, Estefan, Poindexter, <laughs> the sounds of hot, hot, hot Miami. Uh, uh, what's the market for that? I, uh, People that go on cruise ships. You know what? That could probably still sell. I'm going to say that could still well, sell. Well, and I think I've brought this up on this show once before, but like, who was Billy Ocean's uh, fucking demographic? People like, that go on cruise ship. The people that love Billy, that bought Billy Ocean records. Who bought them? Bought like, Buster Poindex. People that have no taste in music, dude. I you know them. Yeah. They're like people's parents, not the people's grandparents. I just don't understand it. It's like some guy in his khaki shorts with his belly and his wine shirt tucked into his shorts with a belt with Sperry Topsiders on, dancing a little bit, swaying side to side. White people dancing? Oh, no. There's a difference between white people dancing and there's like rich dad dancing. And, oh, you know, a special like the kind, the kind of, of white people, people that go to see Jimmy Buffett. Concerts and shit, dude. Yeah, but I mean, it's kind of you can see the same thing. I mean, not to the same exact level, but I mean, Kate Bush had some like chart hits. That, you know, that, like, that is very, that, that is, yeah, that's, that is that's kind of off the very, grid. very different no, than Buster bo- Poindexter. No, but he, I was talking about his Billy Ocean comparison. Like, you know, like Kate Bush is as as she's un- way better than Billy I'm not Ocean. Not saying better, but I'm yeah, saying just I don't understand where the comparison is. <laughs> look, here's the, here's what we look. Here's what we know. Buster Poindexter busts all stereo, all all uh, orthodoxy, all mold. I mean, that, that, that Ma- there's Montel Jordan and there's Tori Amos. I will say this: that that is a both ke- of them sold records. That is a catchy song, uh, in kind of a shitty way. I don't really know how else to put it. It, it you know, like, Shane, you threw out a mention of Cherry Pop and Daddies earlier, and I was like, "There is, there is a also there's, yeah a catchy there's, song." There's a through line there, kind of in well, a shitty way. Look, those are the kind of songs that if you go to the grocery store and uh, one of them comes on, and while you're pushing your cart to your car. And like without even noticing in the back of your head, you're going like to your you're singing to yourself, hot, hot, hot. What am I doing? That's what kind of song that is. Exactly. All right, kids, let's get back into New York dolls. Back to the New York dolls. Or I think maybe just New York Dolls. I don't even know if there is a determiner. But anyway, uh, there's one song on this record that is a cover of an old blues guy. And like that's this record to me is split between like kind of Rolling Stones and like blues stuff and like pushing rock to where it was about to go. Uh, But Pills is a uh, Bo Diddley cover. And 
Kids, anybody have an, imp- an impression before we go into it? It's solid. I mean, I I, I shouldn't uh, throw out there. I, I saw a incarnation of this band live once, uh, circa 2004. I think they had two original members at that point. Don't David Johansson and somebody else. Yeah. I don't know. It was part I of love it when bands do that. Right. Oh, like, all there has to be is like one no, like bass player or something. It gets even better when they have a guy that played with them for a long time but was like in the third incarnation of the band, and then he's the only guy left. No, you know who's the best example of that is... Kansas. Um, no. Na- well, maybe. Napalm Death. Napalm Death, the extreme metal band. The drummer is the longest tenured member of the band, and I think he joined 10 years in. And literally, like, if you look at their membership tree on Wikipedia, it is just... it's. It's amazing. So I don't know how we got to that point, but uh, there's your bit of trivia for the day. I'm I done. think what would be an amazing, maybe the best tour ever, would be Kansas and Napalm Death. Dude, you are like a promoter, like in I, waiting. Why don't I, I do this for a living? You dude? know, I can't really argue with that. Literally, I would love there to see the crowd no that would show up for that for carry on my waywards. <laughs> carry on my wayward. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right so let's hey, listen to Pills. Hey, Pills. Let's go listen all to right. Pills. Uh, to me, like, I, I didn't know it was a Bo Diddley song until I started researching the record. Uh, but it sounds to me like a progenitor punk song. So let's get into it. <laughs> fucking love that song and it is a cover it's, it's a, a good song who cares if it's a cover i mean i just i think that's a weird disclaimer this like, might this is the only punk song i've ever heard uh blues harp in though this, yeah, this is the most punk this song might be the, an al- album. A, the rare album that's lesser than the sum of its parts like when you listen to individual songs like you know they're you're pretty like, great yeah, but then we the whole flow of the thing it get just kind of well they were just figuring shit out. Yeah, that, that's yeah, I'll get true. that. Yeah. I actually, I'll, I will totally I'll buy onto what you just said, Chad. Well, to there me, we that song could easily have been a Monarch Bark song. Uh, our our buddy Denny, who's no longer with us, uh, passed away about six or seven months ago, and that could easily have been a Monarch Bark song. Good point. Yeah, he was a big Johnny Thunders fan. Uh, yeah, I mean, when you the, you know he he kind of <laughs> almost to a fault uh, was a you know kind of took Johnny Thunders as a, his life hero and life model, which I mean didn't work know, out for either one of them musically. Yeah, lifestyle. Yeah, I know, but anyway, um, we you know we wanted to, Ryan and I were both very good friends with uh, with all the guys in Monarch Box and Denny and and the lead singer Matt especially, and so. You know, since we were doing the New York Dolls, we wanted to just uh, give a little tribute to our, our departed buddy, Denny, and uh, Missy Bud. Yeah, so why don't we play, like, what, what was the song you wanted to play, like, a little bit of uh, that's, like, super 
Johnny Thunder's influence. It is. It's the one that Danny sings lead on by Monarch Box. It's called Rock and Roll Dreams. He references Johnny Thunder's in it. And uh, yeah, as I said, it seemed just too perfect to not uh, yeah, bring up. Yeah, let's just do a little clip of that and uh, we'll get back into the rest of it. <laughs> obvious lineage or an inspiration influence from the New York Dolls to, to that song, certainly. Denny was very influenced by <laughs> Johnny Thunders in particular, right? Uh, and New York Dolls, and like that was the first band I ever booked at Frontier Bar, which I got through you. Right. Yeah, and at the time I was helping them out badly, I should add, with, try, with publicity help. Uh, you know, writers out there don't think that you can just automatically go into doing PR work. It's it's a, a hellscape. But anyway, yeah, I was helping them out and, and referred them to you for some booking work. And, uh, and I yeah, booked them for dudes. a three-week show at Red 7, which doesn't exist anymore. And apparently they, like, sold out all their merch. Right. Uh, yeah, they outsold the band that was headlining, which was, like, a touring band. Yeah, and I yeah. can't remember their name right now, and I, I feel that. But, like, Matt, the singer, the main singer from that band, like, came up to me, like, and I was working, like, waiting tables that night, and he was like, dude, thank you, <laughs> and, like, gave me a big hug, because apparently yeah. they just, like, went over gangbusters, and, like, yeah, but Denny was a big Johnny Thunders fan. Right, and just a sweetheart of a guy, I, and, um, and a mess. But right. a sweetheart of a guy, But also, too. you know, back when I started, I was working a lot for Rolling Stone because he was a photographer as well, and I was working a lot for yeah, Rolling Stone back in 2012. Too. But he also took a bunch of assignments. He, 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 he was a great photographer. He shot a bunch of my assignments, and so I built up a pretty good relationship working with that guy. So, again, you know, miss that. R.I.P. Yeah, I miss the hell Thomas, out of you, man. buddy. Like, like uh, yeah, and, and weirdly, we're recording in the same complex where his wake was yeah like six months ago uh and yeah he was a he was he i think he came to austin in like 98 or something like that he'd been here for a long time knew he's from pennsylvania no he's from ohio Ohio. yeah so he knew everybody in town it seemed like uh and uh and you know very beloved so we do have one last segment which is a current affair and chad as our guest uh You've got it this week. Yeah, it's a song that um, just po- kind of popped out on the radio uh, recently to me. Um, it's uh, Cleopatra by the Lumineers. And, I mean, I can't say a whole lot about it other than it's just a great, great little pop, you know. Uh, well, are you a big fan tune. of, like, there's, like, like what, three or four of them that all kind of sound like each other? Like mm-hmm. Mumford and Sons. Wind in the Wave a little bit, yeah. Uh, I mean... I can take them or leave them, you know, like as bands, but that that bunch, you know, hit and miss, produced some pretty great pop songs uh, in bunches. And so, 
I'll take the best of, of what each of those bands have. I was clean, the patron. I was young and an actress. When you knelt by my mattress and asked for my hand. But I was sad, you asked it. As I laid in a black dress with my father in a casket, I had no plans. Yeah. And I left the footprints, the mud stain on the carpet, and all oh, like my heart did when you left town. But I must. I would marry you in an instant Damn your wife, I'd be your mistress Just to have you around But I was late for this Late for that Late for the love of my life And when I die alone When I die alone Die, I'll be on time Beautifully shot video yeah, and I had never seen that video. Uh, I just knew the song only from the radio. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I, I like the song, too, but the video, the just the cinematography, everything mm-hmm. about that video, I really enjoyed. You know, it hits me when I cl- closely listening to that song. It's They mixed the hell out of the vocal. That Like, that's a hell of a vocal mix, and it's like... It's that's just a good song, man, and I, I tend to kind of ghettoize those bands that all mm-hmm. kind of came out around the same time. Sure. Uh, Mumford and Sons, Lumineers, uh, Head in the Heart, The Wind and the Wave. Yeah, like a bunch of that stuff that yep. came out around the same time that we're just kind of doing like the um, stupid hipster, like uh, like uh, overall rock, overalls rock. Yeah, whatever. Like yeah, <laughs> like it was just like it seemed like a gimmick. Mm. Um, but that's just a fucking good song. And Mumford and Sons have gone and like overhauled themselves. Like, right. They're like, well, we know this trend's not going to last forever, so we're just going to like change the way we dress and the way we sound. But like these guys have only un- incrementally changed the way they sound, and it's just a good song. When you kind of look at the the ingredient, the building block parts of that, like I said, it's kind of like, or if you think of a song like a professional sports team, like. Wesley Schultz's vocal performance there it's like okay that's what's going to win this song for us it's like you're just, we're just going to let that that vocal performance be front and center the the rest of the band is doing their job and they're framing him the right way but the, that vocal performance is what just does it lyrically it's a great song too but just the 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 tone and the and the oh yeah, I mean it's, the pleasantness of of his vocals are what just it's a very well constructed pop song yeah uh, in 100%. the traditional sense of pop song, not in the Britney Spears sense, but like it's a fucking well constructed yeah, the, the foundation pop song. of it. I mean, you've just got that mm-hmm. that driving snare in yep. the background, and you know it's 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 simple in in that sense. But there's a lot of complex layers that that they put on top of that. I think you know they don't they're not in this business anymore. But ten years ago, that would have been your like die cast. Uh, platonic ideal sh- Starbucks CD, you know, just th- they'd be moving units out of Starbucks with that record because that is that is Starbucks rock to the I, core. I don't know if that's a, a, a 
heads up or a heads down. No, I mean, it know? just it is what it is. I, I'm not I'm not get, saying that like a yeah. It sounds pejorative, but right. like it's still a pretty good song. I would be willing to bet the first time I heard the Lumineers was through Starbucks. So. <laughs> and hey, you know that means the system's working for them. So good for them. I, again, and I. I, I I back that band. A, a win any, for their management. Any you know anybody who can put together a tune like that, you got me. I'm I'm on board. No, that's a good song, and thank you for illuminating us. Uh, Chad, thanks for thanks for joining us tonight. My damn pleasure. Thanks, guys, your and company. thank you for uh, again to your employer for letting us utilize their facility. This is a hell of a setup. Much nicer than the garage. I can tell you. Oh, that much. your garage has got its charms as well, Mark. Well, and you've done ably in Kevin's stead. So, uh, all right. Well, Thank you. Shane had to take off early, as as Ryan said, and Kevin's not here. Who's got next week? I don't know, actually, uh, since neither of them are here. <laughs> you want to take it? Actually, like I, I'll, I'll, you I know what? Take it as the one of the founding members. I'll <laughs> let you take it. All right. Since Wait, they have both have like sort of uh, uh, like a uh, since they're not here. They don't get a say. I don't think you have quorum. I, I don't think I don't think you can make a decision. You don't have quorum. I think I can. As uh, as a founding member, all right. uh, I'll let Mark pick next week's uh, record. Okay, I'll do next week. Yeah. Uh, here, let, let's throw this out there. I'd like to to try and do uh, Flaming Lips transmissions from the satellite heart. Sounds like a plan. All right. So that's what we'll do next week, and uh, hopefully we'll have Kevin back, and I know we'll have Shane back. Chad again, thanks for coming. Uh, Always a pleasure. How do we thanks. sign off with... Uh, I, Brian. <laughs> I'm Chad. And I'm still Mark. And this is Somebody Likes It.